Welcome, everyone, to another uh, Surma vlog ripped from the headlines. Today's discussion is uh, Sabin versus Jimbo, the NIL war that is erupting as we speak. Uh, my name is Rich Lenkov. I am the founder and CEO of Surma, which is the Sports and Entertainment Risk Management Alliance. I am also a proud uh, alum and supporter of the NIU Huskies. Go Huskies! So very relevant to our discussion today. I want to introduce our esteemed panel. We've got uh, Illinois State Representative Cam Buckner. Cam Buckner uh, is also a recent, uh, recently uh, uh, announced that he's running for mayor of Chicago in the 2023 Chicago mayoral election. Cam is a Democrat member of the Illinois House of Representatives from the 26th District. He's also, very notably, uh, for our discussion today, a former University of Illinois uh, member of the starting football team. So, uh, Representative, welcome to our discussion today. Thanks, Rich. We also have uh, the honor of having Dan Lust from Garagos. Dan is an attorney in the New York City office of Garagos. He is also um, practicing in the area of sports law. Also, uh, Dan, tell us again the name of your excellent podcast. Conduct Detrimental. We say we are the number one uh, sports law podcast. At least that's all that's all we do. But, uh, you know, we're happy to share the space and happy to talk sports law with everyone. We're just trying to spread spread the gospel of sports and law. Lawyers can be fun, Rich, as you know. Absolutely. It's really it's an excellent podcast. We encourage everyone to check that out. And uh, finally, we've got Kevin Grodnick. Kevin is with Magna. Magna is a proud sponsor of our uh, organization. Uh, their uh, CEO, Pete Hecht, is a member of our advisory board, and we're very happy to have Kevin representing the organization today. Kevin, tell us uh, a little bit about Magna and what you do for them. Yeah, sure. And uh, Rich and the rest were, uh, you know, very humbled and uh, excited about this uh, partnership with Surma, and we think it's going to be a great group, and we like what we're hearing and seeing and continue in the marketing efforts. Uh, for those who don't know, Magna is an end-to-end -end litigation consulting and support company. We service Fortune 500 insurance carriers and law firms from discovery through trial. So early in discovery, we partner up with uh, folks that are looking for record retrieval services, court reporting and translation. And as we get closer to trial, we provide more strategic services such as jury consulting, focus groups, mock trials, trial presentation, graphics, witness prep, uh, anything under the sun as you could imagine in regards to uh, trial preparation and jury consulting. So uh, looking forward to this podcast and being part of this board. Thanks, Kevin. So fellas, let's jump right in because, you know, sometimes we schedule these vlogs and uh, we try to be ahead of the news. We try to make these vlogs on entertainment and sports issues very topical. You can't have better timing than this, right? This morning, uh, Nick Saban, who is, of course, the coach of the uh, Alabama men's football team, has walked back, attempted to walk back comments, criticisms, he made of uh, Texas A&M um, in basically alleging that they are manipulating the name, image, and licensing rules to their benefit through the transfer portal. He's alleging that these schools are uh, unfairly advantaged by the NIL system because uh, they are offering NIL deals or making the uh, atmosphere easier for these players to get NIL deals, therefore recruiting better players for their uh, organizations, for their programs, through the transfer portal. Uh, of course, uh, Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher 
who is no uh, wilting flower, who has a lot of uh, history with uh, Nick Saban, has come out forcefully against that idea and has criticized uh, the comments and Nick Saban himself personally. So, you know, for those of us who love and follow college football, this is really uh, a juicy um, debate and uh, disagreement. Uh, they've both since been reprimanded, by the way, by um, uh, by their organization, um, by the SEC. And uh, again, uh, Nick Saban has tried to walk that back as if, guys, we need another reason to hate Nick Saban. He's given us a new one. But I want to jump into this topic, Dan, with you, first and foremost, because, you know, it really sort of pulls the cover back for many on uh, how NIL's name, image, and licensing issues are transforming, really, the face of college athletics, and in particular, the biggest moneymaker, college football. Well, first of all, I think we, we buried the lead here. Jimbo is maybe the best name in all of college sports. It's, it's appropriate that we have him at the center of this conversation. So um, a couple of things, a couple of big developments this week. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't set the table as to why these comments are so obviously timely for the vlog, but timely in, in college sports. So two weeks ago, um, which I'm sure, you know, people are familiar with the space have been following, the NCAA, after being asleep at the wheel on the NIL for 10 months, said, Okay, we're going to go back and we're going to uh, punish the egregious violators in the NIL space. You know, we're not going to name names, but we're going to go back and punish people that have um, acted uh, inappropriately since July 1st of 2021. And they said, moving forward, these are the definitions for boosters. These are what we do not want. This is, you know, we don't want people talking to high school athletes. We don't want people talking to players that have not yet entered the their transfer portal. So they set the stage. Um, and then on top of it, you have the federal government circling with a federal NIL bill. So you have the federal government trying to help, the NCAA waking up from its slumber, its slumber, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of all this, you have two of the most you know, powerful men in all of college football. Nick Saban basically accused Jimbo Fisher, the reason that, that Texas A&M Aggies had the number one recruiting class, because um, you know, according to Nick Saban, they bought, and Texas A&M paid for all of their players. Now, under NIL laws, the school is not really allowed to be that directly involved. They can, I want to say can because it's a gray area, but what people have been accusing other schools of doing is using these boosters, this group of uh, a collective of boosters, alumni-based money to try to target athletes. But the school is not allowed to make those direct payments. That's not really allowed in, in any state law. So Saban is accusing Texas A&M of paying directly. Jimbo Fisher gets on the mic and says, listen, if you're going to accuse me of doing this. Let's look under the hood of what Alabama is doing. Let's look under the hood of what you, Nick Saban, have done in the past. So if there wasn't enough chaos in the space, if there wasn't a sheriff in town before or a need for a sheriff, Sim, you know, Jimbo and Saban going neck and neck and you know having dueling press conferences, that's going to put a really bright spotlight in the world of NIL that someone's going to need to come in and clean up, be it the NCAA or the federal government. You, you can't have the two most powerful guys in the sport fighting like that so publicly. So... Representative, uh, you bring a unique perspective to this. And, uh, you know, one of the players, I think the top recruit for AM, tweeted in response to this allegation that he was being bought. Um, he said something to the effect of, oh, really? Uh, my mom, why is my mom still living with five of my siblings in a three-bedroom house if this is all about money and I was bought, right? You bring a unique perspective, as I mentioned, because not only did you write legislation that was passed quickly by the uh, – by the Illinois Senate and House and signed by J.B. Pritzker, but that you co-authored. But you also, like we mentioned, played at a major program, University of Illinois. Uh, you were on the football team. And one of your teammates, I know, uh, was uh, involved in issues like this. Pierre Thomas, who had a you know really great career at U of I and went on to have a really nice career in the NFL, 
Uh, you had an interaction with him as well as other teammates of yours that directly, I think, if I'm understanding your history correctly, led to you sponsoring this legislation. Tell us a little bit more about that and how you see this issue playing out uh, in the wake of the legalization of NILs. Yeah, well, let me first I'll start off by saying that, that this kind of back and forth that's going on uh, between these two coaches is, is remarkable to watch. I, I do agree uh, with Dan that Jimbo is one hell of a, uh, a name, um, I think, <laughs> but I also think that Tubby and D- Dabo has something to say about who has the best one. Um, okay. But also it's great to watch two South- Southeastern Conference guys go, go after it. And uh, let's just remind everybody that both of these guys are native West Virginians, right? And so um, I'm not sure how old this beef really is and where it comes from. Uh, but listen, I, I think this does shine a light on, on the conversation about NIL and how we got here. I've been very clear about the fact that even through the work that I've done in the Illinois state legislature to bring us up to par, um, and I really feel that the NCAA has been asleep at the wheel on this. And this should not have been a, a situation that state legislatures or the, or the federal government should be dealing with. My personal uh, experience with this, Rich, is, as, you're, as you're alluding to, um, is that I was not one of those folks who thought that we should be paid. I was not one of those folks who thought that um, there should be compensation because I was just happy to be out of my neighborhood, to be back, um, to be in Champaign and to get my my, my school paid for. Um, but I went to uh, a, a footlocker or a champs with a teammate of mine, Pierre Thomas, Super Bowl champion, Pierre Thomas, who's one of my great friends. Um, and we were having a d- debate about paying players. Uh, and we walked into the, the sporting goods store and they were selling his jersey, right, without his name on the back of it, but his his number uh, and the Illini jersey. Uh, and he we looked at it, and it was like 45 bucks. And Pierre goes, I've got 20 bucks in my pocket. I can't afford my own jersey. He said, however, somebody's going to buy this, and Nike's going to get paid. The school's going to get paid. The Big Ten's going to get paid. And the store is going to get paid. That's not fair. And, and that changed the way I looked at, at all of this. And so when I went on this pursuit to make sure that Illinois was uh, – we had some equity and some uh, equal playing ground for our student athletes when it came to name, image, and likeness. That is how I got there. And it was definitely uh, based on personal experience. So it's really interesting because, you know, the NIL developments over the last couple of years got a lot of attention. And, you know, I think to a layperson, it might seem like that's the end of the discussion. Oh, suddenly athletes could sell off their images, their names for, you know, money. In reality though, it's a tiny fraction of a percentage of the money that the NCAA makes from college athletics, right? And to your point, you know, you were not in that category of a Pierre Thomas. You had a great career, but you were not in that category. Uh, Dan and, and State Rep, I mean, this is really the tip of the iceberg. When will we get to the point when the NCAA actually opens up the books and shares not just the ability to go out and sell yourself, because that affects such a small percentage of athletes, and again, such a small segment of actual athletes, you know, usually males, usually in high-profile programs like football, when are they going to open it up to allow some sharing so that players are able to at least have some income that this organization is deriving off their efforts? Is that going to happen at all? I think that the one, the one thing that can bring us there, if you look at the, the structure now, um, I'm not an economist, but I know uh, refusing to pay people for their work and not having any competition is anti-capitalistic, right? Uh, and so the truth of the matter is the only thing that I think changes this is, is if the NCAA has someone else to answer to, someone else, if another association, you know, pops up overnight, uh, it makes them do the right thing. And, and I think that, you know, while many, for many years, this was a far-fetched idea and a far-fetched, no, far-fetched notion, um, some of the things that we're seeing at the historically black colleges and universities uh, give me hope that that may happen one day. 
Um, Because, you know, uh, in addition to Jimbo being a part of this conversation, so was Deion Sanders in Jackson State University. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're talking about universities who, um, you know, have a a bumper crop of of players um, who were were looked past, looked over by by many, uh, many programs. They're underdogs just at their core. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if folks like Jackson State and maybe Tennessee State, where Eddie George is the head coach, begin to break off away from the NCAA and start playing, paying players directly and shake up the entire landscape. Dan, inevitably, whenever there's new legislation, whenever there's new rules, especially with an institution as conservative and as long, with as longstanding rules as the NCAA, we could be assured as sports lawyers that there will be lawsuits, there will be litigation. What kind of issues do you think uh, we will see going forward um, from a legal perspective as these NIL deals and developments continue? So I, I will say just to, to add to the last point that was made, you know, um, Jim, Jimbo Fisher was one of the targets of Nick Saban. And obviously uh, Nick Saban also went after, you know, Jackson State in particular. And he said they paid, a, you know, a player one million dollars. And Deion Sanders, talking about legal issues, basically said that Nick Saban lied. And as lawyers, we know that if you accuse someone of something and they respond and they say that you lied, right, the term defamation comes to mind. So, um, you know, they're, they're always in a legal sense. You've got to be really careful when you attack people on mic. You have to be back, backing that up with facts. And Saban is accusing two programs. Right. Again, we'll talk about the law, but two programs of paying players directly, which as far as I'm aware, is not allowed under any of the, the NIL state laws, which are about in half the states in our country. So. Um, the, the, probably the first legal domino, um, the NCAA is going to have to do something right back in NCAA versus Alston about a year ago, 10 months ago, uh, in the concurring opinion, Justice Kavanaugh, it's a, it's a very heavily cited concurring opinion, but he says that the NCAA is not above the law. So for about a year, the NCAA was claiming that, Hey, we have an NIL packet, NIL guidelines ready to give to, you know, all these schools to help guide them in terms of the NIL landscape once July 1st, 2021 hits. But after that concurring opinion, after they got um, you know, beat unanimously at the Supreme Court level, the NCAA threw out that um, guidelines, pamphlets, whatever you want to call it, and they basically just told the schools to fend for themselves. Now, we are not going to police the landscape. You guys do it. Uh, we're hands off. So that was their way of avoiding getting sued. But when you are captain of a ship that is going through really treacherous waters, right, and there's a big storm, you need someone with their hands on the wheel. And again, I kind of alluded to it, but the NCA is now kind of awoken from their slumber, so to speak. They say they're going to police the landscape. But here's the problem. If you are in a state like Florida, which says that these, you know, in, in Tennessee, there's a number of states that allow these collectives to do exactly what they're doing. Again, collectives are a group of really wealthy uh, boosters, alumni that are pooling money together to pay athletes to go to their school. In theory, the schools are not supposed to be involved with directing which players they want. It's not supposed to be like a menu and you call up your broker to get particular players. Um, If that is allowed under state law and the NCAA makes a rule that punishes schools for doing something that's allowed under state law, I mean, the easy person that's going to sue with these boosters, these collectives, they're going to say, they're going to sue for a TRO. They're going to try to get an, an injunction so that you're not allowed to tell us what to do because state law protects us. Um, and the hierarchy of things that are important, federal government comes before the state government and the state government comes before the NCA, which is a private organization, which cannot trump state law by definition. So I think that's the first lawsuit. Uh, I think the boosters are going to um, push, push back on some type of punishment that inevitably seems to be coming here. So to that point, uh, Representative, we'll give you the last word on this. Uh, what kind of opposition did you see when you were uh, trying to get this legislation up and, and passed? What kind of responses were you getting? Inevitably, there was some pushback. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, listen, um, the our bill in Illinois was was largely bipartisan, but there was some pushback. There was some pushback from folks who um, really were quote unquote concerned with amateurism, which uh, you know that's the, the the buzzword that we hear a lot when we hear people who push back on this stuff. Um, there, there, there were folks in the General Assembly who didn't want their precious football or basketball to be infiltrated uh, by money. Uh, mind you, um, I'll go so far to say these are folks who uh, couldn't get in three-point stands if it was to save their lives. But um, they like what they like, and they and they like having the um, the the thought, at least, a perception that the college football and basketball that they're, that they're watching on Saturdays and Sundays and throughout the week um, is purer. Uh, because these young people aren't getting paid. So what I will say is that um, there were many folks from both sides of the aisle, from from all regions of the state who were uh, supportive of this. We even joined on as co-sponsors through our work on this. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how things uh, move forward. But uh, once again, uh, you know, th- we're, we're at this point now because the NCAA had failed to do their job. They are derelict in their duty. And now, as uh, as Dan said, they begin they have, they have begin to wake up uh, and hopefully um, they they can create some parameters uh, to make it all make sense. Kevin Gronick, we will give you the last word, actually. You're a, a proud uh, Hoosier, I know. Uh, what's your feeling generally on uh, on paying athletes? I mean, right now, again, they're allowed to go out and market themselves, but should they actually get paid as part of the massive uh, conglomerate that the, uh, the NCAA is? I'm indifferent about it. I think there needs to be like clear guidelines on what to expect. How does it work with like the video game market? Um, you know, if they put players' names uh, on the jerseys versus just the numbers. So I think uh, it's a little give and take, but to some degree, I think there should be some equity uh, based on the sales. So I am in favor of getting some uh, appropriate uh, pay for the athletes, but at the same time, maybe it can go to not their direct pockets, but like to some kind of fund to grow over time. I think that would be an interesting concept. Kevin Grodnick from Magda, Dan Lust from Garagos. His uh, handle is at Sports Law Lust. You can find him across ESPN, uh, CBS, Fox Sports. The the uh, podcast is Conduct Detrimental: The Intersection of Sports and Law. Illinois State Representative Cam Buckner. The uh, account is Cam Buckner Shy, correct? People can find out more about you on uh, Instagram, uh, about your run for mayor of Chicago. Appreciate all of you joining us on our sermon vlog and uh, stay tuned for the next one. We are probably going to be doing another one next week on the continuing fascination on the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trials. There's some developments over the last couple of days on that. We encourage you to tune in. Um, Thank you all so much. Thank you, panelists. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.